At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Sports Betting Network. It is officially Saturday out here on the West Coast here in Las Vegas, Nevada, which means that it is a college football Saturday for all the continental 48 states. So we're going to be taking a look at a whole lot of what we're going to be getting today in college football here in this X hour of the Greg Peterson experience as you're listening on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. First things first, let's take a look at what we wound up getting Friday night in college football as we wound up having a couple interesting games and a couple of trends that we've been seeing throughout the season continuing to come through as home underdogs were able to cover in two out of the three games that they wound up having. You wound up having one home underdog not cover, and that's because of that home underdog that didn't cover was UConn, who is not very good at college football. They wind up losing in Middle Tennessee by a count of 44-13. to 13. Middle Tennessee State, they were between a 13.5 to a 14-point favorite. They covered this game with ease. Total on the game was 54, and thanks to Middle Tennessee State, Scoring 44 points all by themselves. This is a game that wound up going over. Out there in the American, you wound up having UCF, a.k.a. Central Florida, cover as a very slight favorite against Memphis by a count of 24-7. Really a low-scoring game when you take a look at it. Both of these offenses are known for perennially being pretty good. Not a lot of offense generated in this one, so total between 63 and 63 and a half goes way under, and Central Florida able to get the cash. They wind up getting the win by a count of 24-7. In the nightcap, you wind up having Colorado State go on the road, and they are unable to get it done against Utah State. Bet up from a one-point favorite to a three-point favorite. Colorado State loses outright, so Utah State, as a home underdog, they get the outright win. So right around plus 130, plus 135 on the money line if you want to have taken that. And the total of 58.5, well, it goes under. The total started out at 54.5. 
Lines are going up to between 58 and 58 and a half. So didn't matter if you wanted betting it on the open or the close. It wound up going under in Utah State. They get it done there. And then Washington and Arizona was an interesting one as Arizona wound up opening up in the fourth quarter as a favorite, but they wind up not being able to hold on to their 16 to 7 lead. Washington winds up getting a interception from an offensive lineman whose last name I am not even going to try to pronounce as it's got a lot of syllables in it, but Washington, they wind up being able to get the win, but they do not get the cover as they were about a 17-point favorite. Total of 46 winds up saying under as Washington gets the outright win by kind of 21 to 16. And if you were looking for right around a plus five, 500 money line underdog to be able to come through, Columbia, they wind up taking out Dartmouth by kind of 19 to zero. I always say this on this show, it doesn't matter what you're betting, whether it be the World Series, whether it be a big-time college football game, whether it be the Super Bowl, or if it's Dartmouth versus Columbia in FCS football, whatever makes you money for your bankroll, that is all that matters. There is plenty of different ways to be able to get to the window. All that matters is being able to make a little bit of green at the end of the day. And if you want to fading the mean green of Dartmouth, right? Actually, they're the big green of Dartmouth. Well, you didn't make big green if you wanted betting on Dartmouth. So there is that part of it. But we're going to try to make you some big green today, even though there is no team that is named the big green that is going to be in action. The mean green of North Texas, I think that they are going to be, but we are not going to be starting there. As I was taking a look at it, typically I like to lead off with the SEC, but the lone early game that you wind up having in the SEC and I have no idea why they scheduled this. It's Arkansas versus Arkansas Pine Bluff. Typically, when you see these SEC schools, they wind up scheduling like some of these, we shall call them poopy FCS schools, a little bit later on during the year. I have no idea why we've got a random Arkansas versus Arkansas Pine Bluff game, but that is the only game in the SEC that you have before 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Pacific. So we are going to be starting with the Big Ten instead on this Saturday as you've got a really interesting one in my opinion between the Northwestern Wildcats and the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan is a team that has really risen up the standings. They are now a top 10 team. They are number six to be exact undefeated. They're facing off against a Northwestern team that they have seen better days but at the same time when it comes to this Northwestern bunch I do feel like you're seeing a team that is turning the corner a little bit. They wound up having a brutal start to the year losing that game to Michigan State and then the loss at Duke was just an utter calamity, to say the least. But you take a look at what you're able to get out of this Northwestern team, and they have been able to do a little bit of a better job of bearing it out on defense. You're seeing the total right now at 51, and I like this total under just because with Michigan, obviously this is not a team that is looking to gash you with a big, giant chunk plays through the air. This is a team that they like to keep it on the ground. They themselves have won the top defenses in all of college football. And then you take a look at Northwestern. Ryan Alinsky has been able to give you a little bit of something through the air. Last week against Rutgers, he was able to throw for a pair of touchdowns. Not necessarily the most efficient passer in the world. He wound up going 18 of 33 in that game. And overall for this season, this is a guy that has been completing only about 57.5% of his passes. But what he's done a good job of is not turning the ball over. He has yet to throw an interception in his 99 attempts. So that is something that you do like. And spread killers when it comes to college football are turnovers. Sometimes the biggest thing in college football is not necessarily betting on a team that you think is going to be super flashy, not necessarily a team that you think is going to go out there and they're going to just rip the cover off a of defense, but rather a team that doesn't turn the ball over, 
They do the little things well. They don't wind up committing stupid penalties in the red zone, things of this nature. And Northwestern is a team that they've got a little bit of discipline. So I do think that there is a little bit of upside there. And then you take a look at Michigan. No question, this is a bunch in which they have been able to rise up the standings because they have been just so stout on defense. They've been able to do a good job of being able to run the ball. You wind up seeing it in their game against Wisconsin, a bunch of which is really getting dialed in at this point. But I do take a look at Michigan, and I do think that they might be starting to get a little bit overvalued with regards to the betting market because I feel like the 23.5 that we're right now seeing, it is just a little bit too high in this spot. I think that there is some value being presented with Northwestern. Now, you take a look at it, and you've got a running back, or you've got a quarterback who's been able to do a very good job of not turning the ball over as well. And Cade McNamara, he's been able to give you five touchdowns and just one interception. But this is a Michigan team that ever since Jim Harbaugh has taken over, they haven't necessarily had to rely upon their quarterback at all. That is certainly the case this season as they've got a very good ground game. I do like what I've been able to see out of all the running backs, especially Blake Corum. He's really been the feature back for the team. He's been able to already rack up eight touchdowns. But you take a look at it. He's only a guy that gets right around... 15 on occasion, 20 touches. So Michigan has done a good job of being able to just get the ball in the hands of playmakers. They do a great job when it comes to being able to bear down on defense. You take a look at them. This is a bunch that has given up 17 points or fewer in four out of the last five weeks. So I think that you're going to see another slog out there in the Big Ten. So this is one in which I do like the under, and I do think that there is a little bit of value being presented with Northwestern. I do recognize that going to the Big House, never necessarily an easy task even when it is covering just a little bit north of three touchdowns like we're seeing with Northwestern. But I do think that there's a lot of value just in general in unders. You take a look at the grand scheme of things in college football, and right around 54% of games so far this year have went under. We have seen home underdogs do relatively solid as well. You're not going to be seeing as many when it comes to these top 25 teams this week, which is a little bit unfortunate, but I was alluding to it a few minutes ago, the games that we wound up seeing on Friday. You wound up having a trio of home underdogs, and they wound up going 2-1, and one, so... You wound up seeing them have a relatively nice night, and it was really the beginning part of the season in which we wound up seeing the most value on home underdogs. They were hitting at a clip of something like 61% the first three weeks of the season. That has dried up a little bit, but I do think that we're going to be seeing a little bit more of a comeback as we wind up getting more and more of these teams that are home underdogs being able to lace them up and being able to get those opportunities. I think that there might be a little bit of an opportunity here in this one for an upset as you've got Maryland against Minnesota. This is staying out there in the Big Ten, and right now we're seeing Minnesota as well open up as a five-point favorite, be anywhere between a four and a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Total is held steady. Open up at 53-and-a-half. I'm seeing a couple high watermark numbers of a 54. I'm seeing a couple 53s out there as well, so we really haven't seen much movement at all when it comes to this line, but I do take a look at Maryland and the thrashings that they've been taking in recent weeks certainly have not been great, but this is still a Maryland team that I remember when they wound up going up against West Virginia at the beginning part of the season. They wound up looking very solid there. You've obviously got the brother of Tua doing the quarterbacking for Maryland. They've been able to do a solid job when it comes to being able to air it out because when you take a look at the Big Ten, you've got a couple teams like Ohio State, like Maryland. They're able to rack up a bunch of points, and then you've got a lot of teams that they like to be able to pound it on defense. If you're looking for a little bit more of a hybrid team, a team that they don't necessarily rely too much on the aerial attack, but at the same time, they're not necessarily a team that they're looking to hold you to below 17 points. That is Minnesota, but I do think that that could be a little bit of the unraveling of the Golden Gophers as well. We wound up seeing it earlier in the year when they wound up losing as something like a four-touchdown favorite against Bowling Green on their home field. 
That was not a good look for this team whatsoever. You take a look at Tanner Morgan. He's been able to do a solid job of being able to give you a little bit of something when it comes to being able to air it out to a few of these guys, but things have really dried up for him recently. He has been only sacked nine times, so he's been able to do a solid job with his wheels, but at the same time, he hasn't necessarily been able to stretch out defenses to say the least. Terry Potts has been solid in the ground game, but I take a look at Maryland. They have had some deficiencies on defense. I think that that's putting it as politely as I can, but you also take a look at Minnesota as well. This is a defense I have necessarily been too impressed with. They've been trying to roll the boat as much as they can with that regard, but I do take a look at this Maryland team, and I do think that they provide a little bit of value as a as a road underdog, you take a look at what Maryland has been able to do in sort of more pick'em games. Like on the road at Illinois, they were able to come through. I mentioned that game against West Virginia. There were just a pair of games against Iowa and Ohio State in which they were clearly outclassed. I think that this is one that is going to bode a little bit better for them. What I think is going to be the big key for Maryland is just trying to be able to take advantage of a Minnesota defense that I mentioned it. I'm not necessarily too impressed by them because they have been giving up a lot through the air. The ground game has been relatively solid for them, but I do think that Tegu Vailoa is going to be able to have a good performance. Needs to cut down on the interceptions, but you can tell that the arm talent is there. I do think that Maryland is going to be able to pull off an outright win. Not only would I be taking a look at the four points when it comes to Maryland, but I'd be taking a look at them on the money line as you're able to get right around like a plus 165, plus 170. And I do think that this is a total that is going to go over because I think that Maryland is going to have their way with having this be a little bit more of an offensive game. And coming up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, it is a college football Saturday. We're going to be diving into a little bit more of the SEC as those games are coming up more towards the afternoon slate. We're going to be looking at those next on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. Like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I mean, he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NBA season might have chipped off, but there is still time to grab your copy of the VSIN Pro Basketball Betting Guide. It has strategies, predictions, and best bets to say ahead of the odds makers, our hoops experts, including the one and only Jonathan Von Tobel, provides strategies and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. The, this digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season. And get your copy now for only $9.99 at bsin.com slash subscribe. And by the way, if you're wondering, John Von Tobel also contributing to the College Hoops Betting Guide, which is going to be out for the next few weeks. So a man that does a terrific job on the hardwood in general. As we are back here in lovely Las Vegas. It is a Greg Peterson experience. We're right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And it is officially Saturday in all the continental 48 states. So we're going college football hard and heavy. Going to give you guys a little bit of an update in the next segment as to what in the world is going to be happening with the L.A. Dodgers as Max Scherzer wound up getting scratched from his start against the Atlanta Braves. So we'll get you caught up on that in a few minutes. But let's take a look at some of these games that we're going to be getting in the SEC because typically the SEC has just a giant jam-packed jamboree full of games, a great slate. But we're not finding that as much this week. You've got the early game of Arkansas Pine Bluff versus Arkansas, which I think is a complete joke because you've got a couple teams that are out there in the SEC that are on by, and, well, Arkansas might as well be on by. They're right around a 48.5-point favorite. This is not even worth looking at, although eh, when you wind up getting games like this, there typically is a little bit of value to these FCS schools, but Arkansas Pine Bluff is so bad that I could see them getting just completely land-based by 75. So I, I would not be advising a play on Arkansas Pine Bluff, even though it is a gob ton of points, but a game that has a little bit of a tighter spread. That'd be LSU against Ole Miss. And you've got a lot of things at play here. As we know, Ed Orgeron is not going to be returning to LSU next year, but he is going to be coaching out the string for this team. Meanwhile, you've got an Ole Miss team that they've been dealing with some injury concerns with Matt Corral as well. So you've got a whole lot of things that are at play here. And you've got, well, an absolute whopper of a total. You're finding it anywhere between a 76.5 and a 77 and as of right now, you're seeing pretty much across the board, Ole Miss be right around a 7.5-point favorite. So this is one in which it has pretty much settled in with that end. If you're just taking a look at the latest on Matt Corral, it is very much a question mark as to whether or not he is going to be able to play in this game. You're just taking a look for information, and I'm seeing a lot of question marks. If I were to guess, I think that it is a little bit more likely than not that you're going to be seeing Matt Corral wind up suiting it up and go in there, but... It's just one of these situations in which 
before you wind up placing any sort of a bet on this game, you probably just want a little bit more injury information when it comes to it because I do think that it is of the utmost importance because you take a look at Matt Corral. He is obviously gunning for the Heisman Trophy. I wound up talking about it about 30 minutes ago. The Heisman Trophy odds, Matt Corral, is number two over there at DraftKings. He and Bryce Young are one and two respectively, but take a look at Ole Miss. If they don't wind up having Corral in the fold, I think that it's going to be a big giant downgrade as you've got a guy in Corral who not only has he put up big numbers when it comes to being able to air it out, not only has he been able to do a great job as a dual threat, he's also not turned the ball over as well. Only one interception thrown, and that's just, in my opinion, massive when it comes to some of these dual threats. You typically have a guy that he's able to run it with his feet, but at the same time might not be so efficient when it comes to being a pocket passer, and Corral is going to be able to give you that, and you've got to think that if it winds up coming to it, you're probably going to have Keeknad Dent, who winds up getting a couple snaps in this one. I know that he wound up coming in in that awesome P game, so... You got a little bit of that going on. Luke Altmeyer has seen a couple snaps as well at the quarterback spot. I think that he wound up coming in for a couple snaps in that Tennessee game as well. So you've got that bevy of quarterbacks. Neither of these guys are necessarily ones that I would be hitching my wagon to. And obviously when it comes to Matt Corral, even if he does wind up playing, he's probably not going to be at 100%. So if I were to take it right now, I'd be taking a look at LSU getting 7.5 points because it is a little bit north of a touchdown. You're able to be able to get off of that key number, and you're able to get a little bit better than that, which I think is very appealing. And you just have the total mentality of this LSU team of sort of like a win-one for the Gipper in this one, in this one, win-one for the Ed, for lack of a better term, because as we know, Mr. Orgeron wanted to bring a title to LSU just a short 24 months ago, and we saw with LSU as well. This is not a team of which... It's like with Gene Chizik where he just completely lost the team while he was at Auburn after winning a national title with Cam Newton. This is still an LSU team that is relatively competitive. And you take a look at this LSU bunch, no question. They do allow a lot when it comes to defense. But on the offensive side of things, they've got a guy that's already thrown for 20 touchdowns this year in Max Johnson, who has been able to do a nice job of being able to air it out. You take a look at what he was able to do against Florida. He didn't necessarily have a bunch of passing yards, but he was able to give the team a trio of touchdowns. This is an LSU team that they're able to catch you on the ground as well. And with Ole Miss, no question, this is a very good offense. But if you wind up having Corral out and you still have the defense that you do right now, which, let's face it, less than spectacular for Ole Miss, it certainly is going to provide a little bit of an issue. You've got an Ole Miss defense that they have allowed at least 21 points in each of the last four weeks, and that includes a game against the two-lane green wave. So I take a look at this one, and I would want to see a little bit more information on Matt Corral if he does wind up playing how close to 100% he is. But I think that 7.5 here with Ole Miss is looking very appealing. Something that is not looking appealing, taking points with Tennessee. You've got Tennessee on the road against Alabama. Remember when this rivalry was actually a little bit more competitive? It has been a while. It is Alabama, a big, hefty favorite in this spot. You're finding the total in a lot of places right around a 68. You might find the hook one way or the other, but... I take a look at this Alabama team, and I just think that the loss that they wound up taking to Texas A&M was just one of those things that awoke them, and now I feel like they're on sort of an out-for-blood revenge tour, and that is not what you want if you're the rest of the SEC. You've got a guy in Bryce Young who has been absolutely amazing for this Alabama team, already over 2,000 yards at 24 touchdowns. This Alabama juggernaut offense, I think, is going to carve up a Tennessee defense in which 
we have seen just not necessarily have their best of times, to say the least. And I would be actually taking a look at the over in this spot because we've also seen it with Tennessee. I talk about how the offense or how the defense has been a little bit less than seller. This is also a Tennessee offense that I do recognize the competition here, but they already put up a 60-burger on Missouri earlier this year against the lesser competition out there in the SEC. This is a Tennessee bunch in which they've been able to do a great job of being able to put up points. They've also allowed 41 points at Pittsburgh. They also wound up just getting completely rolled up upon when they wound up going up against Florida as well. So you've got some very bad aspects when it comes to volunteer. As we know, with Heupel coming in for Tennessee, he's no question going to be looking to be able to amp up this offense. And so far, so good. You take a look at what you've been able to get just on the offensive side of the ball in general. You've got a guy in Evans who's been able to do a nice job, six touchdowns on the ground. You've got just a lot of guys in general that have been able to do a nice job of being able to move the ball for this team. And you even take a look at the quarterback spot of this team. I know that Joe Milton has seen a couple of snaps by in center. He's been a little bit of a dual threat guy for this team. And then you've got your main quarterback and hooker who's been able to do a great job. 14 touchdowns to just one interception so far this year. So he has been highly efficient for this team. So I do like what I'm seeing when it comes to the Tennessee offense. I do not like what I'm seeing at all when it comes to the Tennessee defense, a team that has been just completely rolled up upon when it comes to just the run game along with the passing game. There's really not too many good aspects of this Tennessee defense in general. And then you take a look at Alabama, and this is a Crimson Tide team that, though the offense certainly has been just upgraded massively in recent years, this is still a team that they've got a little bit of their defensive identity. We saw this a few weeks ago when they wound up going up against Corral and company at Ole Miss. They did a great job of being able to take away any sort of big chunk plays when it comes to Ole Miss. I think that they're going to do the same to Tennessee. So I take a look at this spot. I know that it's a hefty number with Alabama, but I'd be looking to lay the between 24 and a half and 25 points, depending on where you're shopping with Alabama. And when it comes to this total between 68 and 68 and a half, I think that we're going to see points of plenty. I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee winds up being able to rack up three plus touchdowns in this game. I just think that this is a case in which you could easily see Alabama get north of a 50 burger in this spot. So I take a look at the over and I take a look at the Tennessee in a game in which defense is going to be very optional. And then you've also got the team that wound up knocking off Alabama a few weeks ago in Texas A&M. They're going to be in action against South Carolina. It's been a South Carolina team that they have been just going through a whole bunch of injuries. The quarterback spot has been pretty much a turnstile for this team. Meanwhile, you take a look at Texas A&M. They are back in the AP Top 25 poll, and rightfully so. I feel like they were dropped a little bit prematurely because prior to that game against Alabama, three weeks earlier, they were in the top 10. They wound up falling out due to back-to-back losses, so... I feel like this is a little bit more representative of the Aggies, but I do take a look at Texas A&M. I do think that they've got a good chance to be able to win this game by three touchdowns because not only with Calzada being back and being able to give this team a little bit of dual threat, but on top of that, you've had Isaiah Spiller do absolutely amazing things with this offense coming into the year. He was one of the top touted running backs in all of college football, has been averaging over six yards per carry. I think that this is a defense that is going to be completely gashed. So I take a look at Texas A&M. Even though they are laying a hefty number themselves, I'd be taking a look at them from an SEC's perspective. And we've been taking a look at college football these last two segments. And we're going to be doing more so on the other side, a little bit more of a college basketball potpourri, but also going to give you an update on the Dodgers and what the world they might wind up doing with Max Scherzer being scribed from the start today. So we're going to be diving to that on the other side on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. A fresh episode of the Ron Fighter Racing Pod is out, and he is taking a look at next month's Breeders' Cup. Trainer Wesley Ward is going to be talking about his six horses that will be at Del Mar. Broadcasters who work outside of their love of racing get together in a nice round table. They include former ESPNOs Chris Lincoln, Baltimore newscaster Scott Wyckoff, and Texas Tech sportscaster Ryan Hyatt, plus Dwayne Colucci from the Rampart Handicaps this weekend's races. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever the heck you get your down, wherever the heck you get your podcast, because there are more and more platforms popping up all around. Or you can download it this morning at vsin.com slash podcast. The Ron Flyter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. As we're back here in Love You Las Vegas for the Greg Peterson Experience, we've got two segments left for you guys, and we're diving hard at Evie into college football, but. You do want to note out there in the MLB, we did wind up getting some news late Friday night in that Max Scherzer, the projected starter for Game 6, he is not going to be going. So if you want up betting on the Braves versus Dodgers game with Max Scherzer as a listed pitcher, your bet is going to be void. So you want to be taking a look at this as when the game wound up getting pulled off the board, you were at minimum getting the Braves at right around a plus 150, even as high as plus 165 in some spots. For the most part, you were seeing the Braves or you were seeing the Dodgers between a minus 170 to a minus 180 with a total of eight. So it's going to be really interesting to see what winds up happening. I have been scouring all my sources, AK. I have been searching relentlessly on Twitter and I've been talking to a few people I know wind up covering baseball on a day in and day out basis in a lot of these places. And as of right now, they have absolutely no idea who the LA Dodgers are going to be going with. They've got an option of going with Walker Buehler. It would be the second time in his career in which he would be going on short rest. First time was actually game four in the NLDS. That was against the San Francisco Giants. That wound up not necessarily going the world's worst for the Dodgers. So that's a little bit encouraging. Or they could wind up going with David Price, who wound up taking the spot of Joe Kelly on the rotation after he wound up leaving his start, which I can't believe I just wound up saying Joe Kelly and start in the same sentence. That tells you how bizarre a world this postseason has been, but he wound up leaving his start due to an injury, and he's not going to be eligible for the rest of this series. Or you could wind up having Tony Gonsolin get a start, so got a big, giant calamity there. I would think that you're probably going to be seeing the poo-poo platter of pitchers for the Dodgers with probably Gonsolin and David Price try to give you some bulk innings, but also keep this in mind with David Price. The last time he went north of two innings, you have to go back to the summer months. He hasn't went north of two innings since August, so that is a little bit of a situation. And Tony Gonsolin has been anything other than effective in his postseason career. So we're going to be taking a look at that. We're also going to be taking a look at what is just a jam-packed slate of football for this Saturday. And we've been giving some love to the SEC, even though, well, it's not as much of a lovely slate as we normally get with the SEC with a couple teams on by and Arkansas playing Arkansas Pine Bluff, so that pretty much should be a buy. And then you've also got the Big Ten, which they've got some good early action that we want to take a look at, but the independent schools have some very interesting one, and, well, I typically don't like to bet on this team. I like to try to avoid bad teams doing good things for me, but I take a look at this one, and we've got two less than seller teams going at it, and yeah, one team has catching a whole bundle of points. UMass on the road against Florida State. The Seminoles are finding themselves in a lot of spots. I kid you not, 
35 and a half point favorites, and your total on this game is ranging between about a 58 and a half, seeing some straight 59s out there. I tell you right now, you're not going to be making too much of a living betting UMass Minutemen football on the spread, but with that said, I actually like the points here. I do recognize that UMass has lost by north of five touchdowns already three times a season, but they are building some upward momentum. Their last game, because they actually wound up having a bye last week, they were able to get a two-score win against UConn, so you've got a little bit of something there, and then you just take a look at Florida State in general. I do recognize that they wound up giving a spirited effort at the beginning of the year against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, but you just take a look at the Seminoles team as a whole. They were able to get that nice win against North Carolina a few weeks ago, but this is a team that they've been a little bit of a disaster. Losing at home to Jacksonville State when they were right around like a four or so touchdown favorite in that game. That's not necessarily what you'd like to see with Florida State. They've been having a bunch of injuries when it comes to the quarterback position as well. We've seen Mackenzie Milton wind up coming in, getting a couple of starts. Now he's on the fold for this team, so it's just been a nice big giant turnstile at quarterback for this team. You take a look at the run game, and pretty much the only thing that has been consistent for Florida State all season long has been Deshaun Corbin. He's been able to do a relatively solid job. He's racking up right around seven yards per carry, so that is his been something that has been relatively impressive, but even in that game against North Carolina, you tell that the step up in competition, you didn't necessarily look sharp there, and then you take a look at what you're able to get out of the Minutemen, and you've got a guy in Brady Olson who has been able to do a little bit better recently in that game against UConn. He didn't necessarily flourish, but at the same time, what he did a good job of was not turning the ball over, and sometimes that's just enough, especially when you're getting, in this case, 35 and a half points. I certainly am not going to be advocating for a UMass money line play here or anything like that, but I take a look at this spot and I don't know if there is a single team in FBS football. You're able to find a couple in the FCS, like your teams like Duquesne, Fordham, what have you, that maybe Florida State should be a five touchdown favorite against, but also keep in mind, they lost to an FCS opponent as well in Jacksonville State. Now, Jacksonville State is actually a relatively solid FCS schools, but still. The fact that they wind up losing that game outright just has me having absolutely no confidence whatsoever here in Florida State. So I'm going to be taking 35 and a half points with UMass. I want no part of the total. If I were, I'd probably be taking a look at the under just because I don't know how many points Florida State is going to be able to score in this one. So that's where I'd be looking there. But you've got a little bit more of a fascinating game and a game with a lot of rich tradition. And yeah, I'm sorry, UMass versus Florida State. Not necessarily rich tradition with that game, but USC Notre Dame does have a little bit more rich tradition. You've got a USC school in which, well, it's been a utter disaster for them to begin the year, to say the least. You wound up having a coaching canning after the team wound up losing to Stanford, so you wound up having that going on. So now you've got the interim coaching staff, and for Notre Dame, they wound up having that loss against Cincinnati, but they've been able to cover a couple spreads. I still remember when Notre Dame was very inappropriately priced against the Wisconsin Badgers a few weeks ago. Seems like things are getting reined in a little bit more with Notre Dame. You're finding them as a touchdown favorite. And a lot of spots, if you're laying the touchdown with Notre Dame, you're able to get a little bit of better juice right around a minus 105, even in some cases, even money. So that is a little bit encouraging. And I take a look at USC, and I had high hopes for Caton Slovis coming into the year, but things have not necessarily been able to materialize. I don't necessarily think it's all on Slovis in this situation, just because when you wind up having Clay Helton get fired the way they did against Stanford, that's not great. Now, obviously, it's a case as well. When a coach winds up getting fired, you have players that aren't necessarily living up to their billing. But 
I take a look at Notre Dame. I think that they should be just in very good position to be able to win this game and be able to win this game by multiple touchdowns. USC is just a defense in which they haven't necessarily been able to show me a lot. Now, you've got a Notre Dame team that they've been in quite a few games that have been a little bit closer than you'd like them to be, but they've went into some hostile environments that have been able to win. Now they're going to be playing at home. You've got sort of the rotating quarterbacks with this team and Jack Cohen and Tyler Buchner, who have both been able to see some snaps for this team, so that has made things very fast, saying you've had injuries to both of these gentlemen throughout the year, but the concept for this team has been what you've been able to get out of Kyron Williams. He's been able to do a tremendous job on the ground for this bunch. He wound up having 81 yards and a touchdown last week. You take a look at him overall, and he's not necessarily a guy that is going to be a home run hitter. He's not one of these guys that gives you north of six yards per carry, but what he also does a good job of is, regardless of the quarterback, does a good job of being able to present himself on the backfield. He already has three touchdowns via receiving end of things as well. So that is something that is very good for Notre Dame. And this is a Notre Dame defense that I've been very impressed by. You've got guys like Isaiah Foxy who have been able to do a nice job. I think that he has a very bright future when it comes to being able to play on Sundays. So that is something that you're able to rely upon with USC in general. It's just a team in which I feel like they're a little bit broken at this point. The biggest question with USC is, who are they going to wind up hiring on at the end of the year? Is it going to be James Franklin? Are they going to go for Urban Meyer? Because I don't think that he's going to be lasting much longer in Jacksonville. So you've got those questions. One question that I don't have is whether or not I'm going to be betting on USC. The answer is a big giant echo. No, I just have absolutely no faith in them. And I don't know about you, but I have a little bit of a tough time having faith in Wake Forest by and large as an undefeated team, but I do feel like they're in a good spot here as they do wind up going up against Army. This is going to be in the early window of 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. You've got a Wake Forest team that right now is the only undefeated team out there in the ACC. They are going to be playing the Sun Conference game against Army as right around a three-point favorite in a lot of spots with the total settling in right around a 52 to a 52 and a half. And with Wake Forest, I do think that they're going to be tripping up in future weeks. I don't think that this is a week in which they are going to do so. I take a look at Sam Hartman, and he's been able to do a nice job of being able to orchestrate this offense. 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. He really doesn't take a lot of sacks. This is a team that up front has been very solid. And then you take a look at the duo of Bill Smith along with Ellison. I think that they're going to be able to do a good job on the ground. This will be a spot in which I'd be looking to lay a few points with Wake Forest. And we're going to be looking at a couple other spots as well. Because while I don't like that home underdog of Army, home underdogs by and large in college football have been able to do a great job this year. So we're going to be highlighting some of those in the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on the other side on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The Sports Betting National Championship is coming up November 5th through the 7th, and the Vegas Sets and Information Network, VSIN, we have you covered with everything from the main event all weekend long, including live on location updates for all the action. Visit VSIN.com slash SPNC for more information and to learn how you can enter for a chance to test your skills and win some cold hard cash, including the $1 million top prize. That is BSIN.com slash SPNC. As this is the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience. We're here from Circa, and in a few hours, this place is going to be absolutely packed. I can tell you right now, not necessarily so packed here at 1245 in the morning out here in Las Vegas, 345 if you're out there on the East Coast, but certainly it is going to be soon because it is the calm before the storm. We've got so much college football action. First things first, so got to give a shout-out to the guys behind the scenes doing a great job. Brad always gets us hooked up on the audio. Nick does an absolutely terrific job of being able to hold it down. Oliver White, you guys are awesome. So a big thanks to you guys and a big thanks to the odds makers for always providing a lot of ways to be able to make some money and I was talking about it a little bit earlier. I didn't like Army as a home underdog, but home underdogs, by and large, have been able to make you a little bit of coin this college bas- this college football season as they are going to in the college basketball season as well. I'm thinking about the college basketball betting guide that I'm going to be doing the next few weeks. That'll be out for your pleasure relatively soon, but when it comes to what we're seeing on the Saturday, I like Louisiana Tech here. They're getting between six and six and a half points. They're going up against a UT San Antonio team that... Obviously, this is not your father's UT San Antonio team. For those of you guys that are fans of the ESPN's bottom 10, we saw UT San Antonio in there a lot in recent years. That is not the case this year, but 
You take a look at this Louisiana Tech team, and this is a bunch in which I would not want to face one bit. You take a look at them, and actually earlier in the year, they wound up going up against Mississippi State, very nearly knocked them off. They wound up having a multi-touchdown lead that wound up evaporating late, but you take a look at what you've been able to get out of this team in general, and I do like what you're able to get because with Louisiana Tech, what they've been able to do a very solid job of is being able to move the ball through the air. Now, this is also a team in which they just allow a lot through the air, so I do think that this is going to be a relatively higher scoring game. At 60, I like this total over because Frank Harris has been able to do a nice job of moving the ball for UT San Antonio, even when he's not necessarily airing it out a lot. This is a guy that's able to rack it up. You just take a look at what he wound up doing a few weeks ago at Western Kentucky. He wound up having six touchdowns in that game, but you also take a look at the flip side, and for Louisiana Tech, Turnovers have been a little bit of a bugaboo for them. Austin Kendall has thrown for eight interceptions already this season, but he's someone that has been a little bit more, has been a little bit better at being able to step up in big spots. You recall the game in which they wound up having against NC State, wound up having a pair of interceptions, but he also wound up being able to rack up 340 yards through the air in that one as well. Now, when it comes to Louisiana Tech as well, the passing yards that they've allowed, I think a little bit of it is a product of the competition that they've been playing against because you take a look at Louisiana Tech, they had to lead off the season playing against Mississippi State. They wind up having to go up against SMU. They wind up having to go up against NC State. And in the NC State, SMU, and Mississippi State losses, they lost all those games, but they lost all those games by seven points or fewer with the NC State game being a true road game. Meanwhile, you take a look at UT San Antonio, and yeah, They've been able to rack up some nice wins, but at the same time, their best win on the road has probably been Memphis. Western Kentucky is one that you're able to put up there as well, but in both of those games, they were both by six points or fewer as well. So I do think that the hook is a little bit of importance. We're seeing some sixes. We're seeing some sixes and a half. So I do advise, if at all possible, to get the hook on Louisiana Tech. But I do think that Louisiana Tech is going to be able to play a game in which you're going to see just points of plenty with UT San Antonio as well. I do think that they're going to be able to run the ball really well with Sincere McCormick. I sincerely think that he's a very good running back. How about nearly 800 yards for him? He's averaging right around five yards a carry. He has racked up at least 100 yards on the ground in four of the last five weeks. So he certainly has been able to bring it. But in the end, I do think that Louisiana Tech... Don't know if I'd want to take them on the money line, but I think that getting between six and six and a half points is a good spot for them. They have been close, but no Cigaro in a lot of these games. I think that there's a good chance that you could wind up seeing a little bit of a letdown spot as Wes Reynolds over here at the Vegas Sets and Information Network likes to call it. He calls it teams that wind up getting a little bit fat and happy. I feel like you might wind up getting that with UT San Antonio in this spot. So I do like the points that you're getting with home underdog of Louisiana Tech and this is one that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to me. You've got Purdue coming off of a big one. You do fear a little bit of a letdown spot. They're going to be going up against Wisconsin. And right now, you're finding Wisconsin as right around a three and a half point favorite. And I can tell you, I'm a native of the state of Wisconsin. The team that is in this battle, the Badgers, my sister is an alum of them. I would not touch Wisconsin with a 30 foot pole. You take a look at Purdue. This is a bunch in which they've really been able to aid it. They've really been able to rein it in with Aiden O'Connell, not a guy that's necessarily going to throw for a bunch of touchdowns, not a guy that's necessarily going to light the world on fire. But take a look at it: back-to-back 370-plus yard passing games, including one of them on the road against Iowa. 
I mean, you've got to give a lot of credit to him. He seems to be week in and week out getting better as a passer. This is a Purdue team that the Rocks saw it on defense. And you just take a look at this Wisconsin team. You can tell that this is not your father's Wisconsin team. They're not necessarily moving the ball through the air. You've had the whole quarterbacking situation. Graham Mertz has been in and out of the fold for this team. Even when he's been in there for the Wisconsin Badgers, this has not been a good offense whatsoever. And you just take a look at the way that Purdue has been able to play some good pitch and catch as you've got one of the top wide receivers in all of college football who's been a really good deep threat in David Bell. He's already racked up nearly 700 yards. He's averaging right around 17 and a half yards per catch. So I love what he's been able to bring to the table, at least 120 yards in four out of the last five weeks. And you take a look at this Wisconsin secondary end. It's not what you're used to when it comes to a Wisconsin defense in general. The front seven is not able to generate a lot of pass rush. As a result, a secondary that I feel like is a little bit weak is getting exposed. So getting Purdue as a three and a half point underdog at home is very appealing. Typically, if you're getting the hook on Purdue with the three and a half, you're probably going to be paying a little bit of juice, but I don't think that that's a concern because you don't need to take the three and a half points in this spot. I like Purdue outright. I mean, we've seen it with Wisconsin. They have just been mispriced all season long. That game against Notre Dame, of which they were nearly a touchdown favorite, that was a joke and a half. They were unable to cover the game against Army. They won nearly having a letdown there. Really, the only game that they played well in was the Brett Bielema Bowl, and that's because they were just out for blood against Brett Bielema, and this is an Illinois team that they can't score to save their lives. So I take a look at this spot. I really like this home underdog with Purdue. I think that at plus 140, you might be getting a tad bit more, a tad bit less on the money line. It's very good value, and I just don't know if Wisconsin... It's going to be able to score 14 points in this game. It's been an offense that has been a little bit all over the place. And, hey, we're all a little bit all over the place when it comes to being able to make you guys money. But as I always say on this show, it does not matter whether you're betting on Wisconsin versus Purdue, if you're betting on UT San Antonio against Louisiana Tech, or if you were fading the Dartmouth Big Green like we wound up seeing in the FCS as a north of a two-touchdown favorite winding up going out down outright. You're able to make money in a variety of different places. And this is a place where I think that you're going to be able to make some money as well. You take a look at this home underdog. I do not like them. you got Washington State and all that they have dealt with. Nick Rolovich obviously winds up losing his job due to COVID-19 mandates, the vaccine mandates. And you've got them just in a world of, shall we say, chaos. And you've got BYU who comes in. They have been having a little bit of an up-and-down year. BYU was really able to thrust themselves onto the national spotlight when they wound up getting that win against Utah. But since then, they have lost back-to-back games. And I think that this is a very good spot for a bounce back. You just take a look at this Washington State team. And I don't know what sort of effort you're going to be able to get out of them. Now, I know that there are probably some players that they are very bummed out about Nick Rolovich being let go as a coach. I'm sure that there are other teams that they're taking this as sort of a win-one for the Kipper situation. And for Washington State, they have been able to win three straight games. Two of those have been relatively solid against Stanford and against Oregon State. But I think that this is a classic letdown spot here. I think that you've got a BYU team that they know that they need to be able to rack up a big game here. And when it comes to Washington State, this is a team in which they don't necessarily do a great job on the ground. And you got Tyler Algier, a guy that has been absolutely magnificent at being able to carry the rock for this BYU team. He has been a little bit pedestrian recently, only was able to get 33 yards in that game against Baylor. I think that he's going to be able to bust out in a big way against a rush defense in Washington State that I don't think is necessarily too good. 
I think that BYU is just going to pound the ball left, right, and they're going to be able to do whatever they want there. And with Algier, he doesn't necessarily give you big chunk plays, but he has a little bit of a nice safety valve as well for Mr. Hall. So I think that that is something that you want to be taking a look at as well. I do think that by and large, home underdogs are going to be relatively profitable on this college football Saturday, but Washington State is not one that I want to be taking a look at. And also, when it comes to your handicapping in general of college football, just keep in mind that right now, the under has been hitting right around 54% of the time. We've been seeing a lot of value there. I did point out a couple SEC games in which I do think that there is some value on the over, especially with the way that that Alabama offense is operating. But obviously, not all teams are Alabama. And hey, not all networks are VSIN. Heck, there's no other network like VSIN. We do our best be able to provide the best information possible. We've got you covered wall-to-wall on this college football Saturday. It's going to be starting up in a few hours with point spread. Saturday, we've got Femi Obabefe and company holding it down there. The guys behind the scenes did a good job of holding it down for me here, so big thanks to them as this is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.